Virtual high five, right. Brett. Yeah. 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 We've bonded over yeah, the Oxford right. comma. Everybody, welcome back to the PC Perspective Podcast. We're at episode 742. This is being recorded on September 27. Yes, another month is winding down in the year 2023. I'm Sebastian Peak. I'm Jeremy Hellstrom. The days are long, but the years are short and the months go even faster. I'm Josh Walrath. I'm turning the crank on that time clock. I'm Brett Van Sprinberg. And the clock has stopped. I'm Kent Burgess. Was that because you're so ageless? <laughs> no. I mean, he, he does collect his <laughs> trading cards, so yes. Mm-hmm. He, yeah, he, he stops in the 70s. If, if you didn't watch the pre-show, if you're not watching the live stream at uh, youtube.com slash pcper, then uh, you're missing out on some incredible content, like discussions of, hey, remember when baseball cards had gum in them and it was hard to chew? and Gum. Was, yeah. Gum. Mm-hmm. You can find out how to support us financially. That means with your hard-earned money, give it to us. You don't know what to do with it. It's piling up. Go to patreon.com slash pcper. That's P-C-P-E-R. And just start showering us with largesse. I mean, really, who needs eggs? Who needs bread? Yeah. Yeah. No, stop eating eggs. We do, Josh. Exactly. Stop buying meat. I think uh, what Josh is trying to say, if you tell us your name, we'll probably make up a story about your name and we'll, we'll say it here. This, that, this that's part the, right not here. what he was saying, but I think it's a great idea. Habits. Yeah. Seven oh, yes. habits of highly effective people giving money to PC per, giving money to yeah. PC per, et cetera. You know? Yeah. Fill in the blank. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Josh, will you please tell us about your latest lunch experience? Okay, so this was an kind of under the table special. They didn't have it listed yet. It was called the Cowboy Joe. So uh, apparently, um, they didn't even tell what was in it, and I had to guess. And with the help of Kyle Bennett, formerly of Hard OCP, he kind of helped me out there. Um, it is, in fact, brisket. Was he under the was table? Was not before? was not Jack Cheese. It was uh, queso, a spicy queso. Uh, red and green peppers sautéed with onions, and it was all kind of mushed together with a uh, spicy sloppy Joe sauce. Okay, so not pulled pork. This was, this was wow. This was fantastic. It wow, really, it wow, really was so <laughs> so good. I mean, yeah, the queso, yeah. just the brisket. Oh yeah, the sautéed veggies. And then it was again, you know, you, you could see just a little bit of that that sauce in the corner there, the upper left. You got to take off the staining. bun. You're just teasing us with staining. this photo. Yeah, <laughs> staining Isn't the, it the better paper. with the bun on though. Full yeah. frontal border nudity top. is only for our patreons. Yeah. Oh, no, that's it, on the. Uh, that's probably on Josh's oh, OnlyFans. No, it was. It was. It was. It was. <laughs> it was a really good burger. I mean, I had to. Uh, I had to really pace myself on it because just it was so fantastic. So, you know, come uh, come to Laramie. Enjoy the Cowboy Joe, but not that other Cowboy Joe. That that would mean totally different things and probably cause you to be arrested. But uh, this Cowboy Joe is, is fine. Ryan Shrout, formerly of PC Perspective and then later Intel Corporation. He was there for five years. And he's out. That seems not nearly as long as it actually... No, that seems longer. Yeah, that seems longer. It doesn't seem like he's been there for five years. Then again, it doesn't seem like I've been here for 15. (laughs) Yeah, let's not think about that. Ryan tweeted this out yesterday. Fall is a season for change. I'm quoting Ryan Shrout here. Yesterday was my last day at Intel. I'm going to take a couple weeks with the family. Then I'm excited to talk about what's next. We regret to inform you that at this moment in time, we don't know who we're shilling for. I, yeah, I pointed <laughs> this out on worry, Twitter. When Ryan gets hired, we will certainly yeah. be, you can be able to point out our bias immediately. Because we are biased. We just don't know what for right now. We don't have a strong sense of direction here at PCP anymore, because obviously we were biased towards Intel. <sighs> So uh, I posted yesterday, breaking news, former PC per owner no longer with Intel. 
Please suspect us of collusion with whatever company he ends up with. We aren't sure ourselves. We're replaced by us yet. Stay tuned. So we we will know where to be biosed as soon as we know where Ryan ends up. So if he I, ends up I in like AMD, your, we're going to be Team like Red all the way. Yep, I like your take on that. We're going to try and uh, inject as much uh, BIOS as we can. Yeah, BIOS. I mean, it's like Intel all the time. Obviously, my blue light back here, that's going to have to go. If he goes mm-hmm. with AMD, that's going to be red. Red. Period. Team Red. You've got a uh, some uh, active outerwear from your uh, Team Red. Um, uh, I do. I have one of those yeah, soft shell jackets from AMD. Yeah. So yeah. I have I have a little clicker here, and uh, I'm just gonna, you know, whatever wherever he ends up, I'm just gonna change Sickle. the color. Sl- yeah. so just, he ends up in Nvidia. Huh? Oh, there you go. Green. Uh-huh. That's green. green. Mm-hmm. Uh, AMD. Where's the red? Oh, red? There we go. AMD. There it is. There you red. go. AMD. There's yep. gonna be a little mm-hmm. red behind me. See? Mm-hmm. And it'll be it'll be what subtle. Happens? Oh look. <laughs> what happens if he ends up at arm? What color does I arm can't reach I can't reach my RGB controller. <laughs> Wait, I thought you weren't I thought you weren't dark side. I thought you weren't imperial side. Okay. Yeah, oh. but he'll he'll shell for whoever, right? Yeah. Yeah. Ken's on, Ken's on board. I just look forward to the day when we can finally replace our BIOS with UEFI like everyone else. Mm. Someday. Mm-hmm. So yeah, BIOS. well, you try and make a joke off of that. <laughs> I did. <laughs> and it fell mm-hmm. flat. This is this is uh, interesting move for Arc Graphics. Yeah, just because Raj is gone. Now, Ryan, one of the first guys that Raja brought on to help do stuff. We still got Tap. We still got Tom uh, Scott uh, Wasson. A uh, bunch of other guys. They they laid off some of their software driver people uh, three months ago. Um. You know, Battle Mage, it's probably going to come out, but where are they going to go from here? I mean, it kind of seems like it's 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 more grim for long-term stuff. Now, don't get me wrong. Um, this was probably six to eight months. Arc 7, the A770 was about six to eight months behind where it really should have been, where it could have made an impact, but it didn't. And now we're looking at uh, mid to late 2024 before Battle Mage. And it's just, it's just, it's, it's kind of scary. Um, Intel needs to compete in this area. It's a huge amount of money. Um, I mean, even Raja, who is now with a different AI group, is using Intel GPUs and says, hey, these things work really well for the AI stuff that we're doing, uh, not just you know, AMD and NVIDIA stuff that we're using now. So, I mean, there is a future there, but they've got to weather the storm and push through. But I don't know if they can, because previously it was all x86 everywhere. I mean, Larrabee was a bunch of x86 cores with vector units attached to it. And it was just, you know, it was a disaster. I don't know. So uh, it it uh, it's kind of scary what uh, what Intel is is going to do in terms of graphics because really there needs to be a third competitor in that marketplace, not just AMD as a small brother, twenty percent or less, and then Nvidia. Uh, it's just not good for for the marketplace. And well, so, go ahead. For Intel, it's not like they lost everything because they may have lost Shroud, but. They brought over Robert Halleck just recently. Well, yeah. And they still have Tap. So if you're worried about yeah. Battle Mage, it seems like they are they have some key people to still make that happen. It is a little interesting I think it's though. To worry. It but more worried but about if you want to if you want to worry, if you want to conflate some, you know, speculate some things here. The the recent issue with uh Starfield launching without proper driver support on Arc and then you know Ryan's out the door. They like Josh said they they had lost some people in the driver, like the software team. So it's some people's eyes were off the ball at that point. Maybe I one article that tried to uh, I, I think they to just didn't lay have that at Ryan's feet to do the things that they wanted to do. I don't think and they let even fair. more people go. <clears throat> no, yeah. I'm not saying that Ryan was to blame. I'm just saying. I mean, no. 
I, I wonder if maybe inside of the company there's just a little bit less of a a push because it's look at it it's however you want to look at it arc is a tiny sliver of the market and the only yes. reason it has the market presence that it has is because they are selling the cards so cheap relative to the competition so they can't be making any money but it's a tiny slice of intel too yeah, but it's a six nanometer right, part. Much it's money. about the same size as a thirty seventy, which is not that much more expensive right now than yeah. than the Arc stuff. Um, you think they have favorable terms from TSMC for the oh, small they, volume that they're doing? <laughs> to, Ooh, probably Intel? not. Uh, but with Intel, I mean, I don't know. Is I don't it, know. Maybe, but I mean, Intel doesn't make the chip. They order it from TSMC, just like Nvidia yep. does. Oh. And. Yeah, it, I don't. I don't know. All, all I know, all I know, is from multiple people, uh, and this is before Ryan. I mean, like uh, Francois and some others. Intel is really tough on employees. I mean, it is not what many people would consider to be a healthy environment because competition is high, and I think that their push there is, you know, the creams can rise to the top. And they're going to take us to the next level. And all these people who are middling or below, you know, will just be washed out. But the way that they do employee reviews is you've got 50% that does uh, meets or exceeds expectations. And then 50% that is below. And you may have a team of superstars and you're going to have to grade half of them. As below, as below expectations, yeah. and I mean, and I can I can don't see forget the push. The two huge layoffs that they had over the last three years, like they axed yes. huge amounts of employees at Intel. Over and above that, and yeah. reduced so it's salaries, been rough there, and re- yeah, well, if you got to stay, you got to stay, but you were cheaper. Now, on the subject of uh, graphics marketing people and the competitive industry. Uh, there's been another and a departure. new rumor we're going to start? Go go another day back. Yesterday, Ryan Shrout leaves Intel. He said it was his last day, yeah. the day before. Well, Scott Herkelman yeah. is leaving AMD. Quoting Scott on Twitter or X or whatever it's called, quote, after seven years at AMD and launching three increasingly competitive generations of RDNA graphics architectures, I've decided to leave AMD at the end of this year. End quote. So uh, I find it interesting that he says three increasingly competitive generations of RDNA graphics architectures. And we've heard rumors that maybe the fourth generation won't be quite as competitive. That was the rumor. And now Scott is announcing that he's leaving before the next generation of RDNA graphics. Interesting. Oh, wow. even better rumor. He Robert. may just have something else to go to. <clears throat> maybe. I mean, I mean in, yeah, in I this AI. AI is big right now. Raja left it is. Intel a lot to of go do AI stuff. Who knows? Maybe Ryan will do AI now. Yeah. A bunch of NFT people will probably be moving there. <laughs> well, that's the only well, that was place that NFT people can move to right now. It's, it, their in, product is Instinct worthless. AI software is actually caught up. There are some There's, reports out there that is very competitive with NVIDIA at this point. It's all no, about software. still the NFT barbershop next to my booth store. And they will all about the cut software. your hair for a share in an NFT. My brother. <laughs> it's, it's, it just like, makes me laugh every time I see it. How, how many of you actually bought a Bored Ape Yacht Club thing? Uh, I'm Apparently a lot of people, and they're really upset. Yeah, not, not us. No, not I've us. never bought one. I don't own any nope, digital no. assets of any kind. The only digital assets I have are things on Amazon and I imagine that they will one day go away and I'll not be able to watch the things that I bought. Oh, we bought. Yeah. You're leasing them. You're, you're paying for the right to stream them until they take it away. Just like all the stuff in my steam library that valve could just delete a game out of my steam library today. Which they they did did. today. Yeah, they did. They've done this (sighs) several, not just counter-strike. FIFA is releasing some new 2024 games. So they've just getting rid of all of the ones that are on there right now. You paid for those. Forget it. Forget them. It's gone. Hey, speaking Hold of things back. that you paid for. Never had stop, it. We can stop conjecturing about where executives are going to move to in this endless 
incestuous sh- uh, shuffle that is the PC hardware industry. Oh, can we talk about where we can dump our uh, dead Bitcoin mining cards? Yes, on? because okay, Newegg. You know, Newegg understands customers. They care about you. Uh, and this is not a paid thing, by the way. I'm being sarcastic, but uh, Newegg is a business that sells computer hardware, and uh, we're kind of going through this. Uh, not don't call it a recession but it's a recession kind of time where the value of the dollar is plummeted and uh, people don't have uh, the money to buy these increasingly expensive graphics cards. What a perfect time to make graphics cards twice as expensive when our money is worth half as much. It's just, it's brilliant. It's amazing. It's a we're amazing time to be alive right now. <laughs> right. Yep. We should PC start treating them like, like cars. What do you say? Hmm. Let's, let's treat them like hmm. cars. Okay. How yeah, let's, let's put all the technological marvels in a car and have our base car cost $32,000. I think yes. so. That's the base that you have to pay if you want a new car. Possibly. And it's a disposable model. It's only good for three years. Talks. Mm-hmm. Possibly a better analogy than the car one is the phone analogy. Now, this is obviously Ooh. a little bit bigger than your average phone. Hello. Hello. But for years, I had a Motorola phone about that size. Remember <laughs> when a better antenna? Though. Remember when smartphones got to six hundred dollars? And I mean six hundred dollars when the first iPhone launched. The eight gigabyte model was five ninety nine. Sorry, in- my iPhone is ringing. Inconceivable Hello? to pay that much for a phone, and you know then they crept up to the point where iPhones just became a thousand dollars. They've been a thousand dollars like five generations in a row, including this generation. Mm. Yes. Mm. $1,000, for the current phone. That flip phone that Kent is showing off, that thing is like $1,599. Those are not inexpensive devices. Yes, Newegg now offers a graphics card trade-in program, just like you know Verizon and T-Mobile and AT&T and all the others that say, bring in your old phone and we'll give you, you know, pennies in the dollar for it. But it's still better than listing it yourself on sketchy websites like eBay where you have to deal with insane buyers and fraudulent claims uh, and seller fees, which are well over, I think, 13% now. So yeah, trade it in to Newegg. Trust Newegg. You get an offer. Uh, they confirm your model, the condition that you claim. And, uh, oh no, I never mind with it ever. And then you send it in and one of their team will then go through it and decide whether you were telling the truth or not. And if, if they approve it, you get credit to use at Newegg.com. So you can, you know, buy a new GPU and subsidize the cost without having to sell it yourself. That's the idea. That's the dream. And it sounds okay, except for the whole... And they even give you a free shipping label, so you get to ship it to them for free. But then... Uh, Won't upon, somebody think of the GPUs? They need subsidies. Yeah. I, I'm just a little worried about what's going to happen when... A bunch of people send in their GPUs and they only have so many people working and they're supposed to inspect them and decide if it matches the submitted information. Then uh, if they decline it, no credit will be issued and the graphics card will return to the customer. Your GPU is only worth $15. I'm sorry. Right. What is this? this, GameStop? The shroud is is cracked. We can't can't accept it. The fan doesn't work. Yeah, one of the fans is a little noisy. I want to take your analogy one step further. When do we go on an installment plan? Well, you already can. You know, that you for credit card. buying the next, the next. Well, sort of. No, every I mean, website now is doing like the pay and for thing, like Klarna and you yeah, know, PayPal's pay and for and all that stuff. I, yeah, I, I want to lower easy payments of yeah. I want to lower the friction to Verizon level, to AT and T level, to the Apple level. Where it's just simply just send it to me, and you know what? I'll pay for it over the next number of years. And this whatever sounds I've got in hand, suspiciously like roll, you're one of those uh, iPhone subscribers, are you, Brett? Do you pay your fifty or sixty no. a month and just get a new iPhone no, every I, year? I buy my phones outright, but I mean, okay. I'm just going to roll it over to the next year. Just keep paying the same amount for the next generation. I think we're getting close to uh, GPU as a service. Well, that's the I dream, isn't yeah, it? Um, you don't even know when it's rented online. That. Online, you just rent yeah. it. Steam Deck isn't doing too yeah, bad with it. I don't mean over the internet. <laughs> I mean, care you get block. the physical hardware. <laughs> yeah, thank you. It's time ago. It's essentially rented. 
Yeah. So what they do yeah. is they'll send you mm-hmm. a, a 5090 card. And if you pay them uh, $35 a month, they will uh, activate enough cores so it behaves like a, a 5060 card. And if you pay them $50 a month, they'll activate a little more and it will behave like a 5070. And, you know, that's, that's which is what level, they're doing Ken. in the car industry right now, which is just terrible. So who is uh, going to trade in their GPU with Newegg? Who's going to be the the test? I, I noticed I noticed there's no price for the 1080 Ti. I was a little disappointed. Oh, well. Yeah. In our next story, Intel. I'm not talking about Ryan Trout anymore. This is just a different Intel story. Ryan's not involved anymore. Intel has clarified some confusing information that was floating around from Intel about the new Core Ultra, aka Meteor Lake. We talked about the architecture last week. It's very interesting. They're doing some new things. It's a very much a mobile-first kind of product. And uh, their executive VP and general manager of the client computing group, Michelle Johnston-Holthais said in an interview with PC World, she was saying something to the effect of, yes, it's coming to desktop. I mean, isn't the dream to have all of your platforms running the same architecture? And apparently uh, that's not the case, unless you're counting AIOs. And this is, to me, this is just Broadwell all over again. It's it's never going to be sold to the general public. I guess technically Broadwell same, had same, a couple. But different. Broadwell had a couple of socketed variants, though. I don't know if it was ever in any desktops yeah. other than the iMac. The iMac had Broadwell for a while. But it was just, it's either an all-in-one or a mini PC or a laptop. But Core Ultra, there will not be an LGA 1851 for the Meteor Lake architecture. You need a whole new motherboard series. It just doesn't make sense. Yeah. So in case you were hoping, in case you saw that interview with uh, PC World and said, oh, great. She said it's coming to desktop. Well, all-in-one desktop. But that's, that's the case with every mobile architecture going back to the first intel core duo which was in the mac mini and the imac the the laptop variant the core 2 duo was desktop socketed then core duo was the mobile bga yeah so just clearing that up that was a story at videocards.com if you want to read more and our next story also at videocards.com microsoft cross adapter scan out which is queso delivers 16% FPS increase on laptops without a dedicated GPU slash iGPU MUX switch. Please uh, enlighten me on what all of this means. Well, as you may be aware, many modern laptops, as illustrated by the diagram, if you scroll down a little bit, maybe people aren't aware of this. The discrete GPU, when it's engaged, often has to send the output straight through the standard integrated graphics in order to reach the screen. Only very, very high-end laptops actually have a real multiplex switch to directly connect the screen to either the discrete GPU or the integrated graphics. Microsoft has come up with a way to get away from the latency and double copy of the discrete GPU to the iGPU out to the screen and directly lift the output from the discrete GPU and get it onto the screen, lowering latency and increasing frame rates. So good on them for overcoming a quote-unquote hardware limitation with some clever software. I'm, I'm praising Microsoft here. That, that doesn't happen. <laughs> so you're saying is queso makes everything better. It makes uh, food it can make better. burgers better. It can make the lack of a hardware mux in your laptop improve your gaming yeah. experience. Um, hands down, uh, approving. Yeah. Yeah, just make sure you're, you're not using the one that starts with a Q. This is C-A-S-O. The nice thing is it works in NVIDIA, it works in AMD, and it's built into Windows 11. So you should be seeing this improvement in a laptop near you. Hmm. That's nice. I'm still trying to understand what you were just saying. I don't understand anything. I'll give you the the TLDR on this. In order for discrete GPU output to reach the screen on a laptop, it needs to be copied through the iGPU. And that's sort of a double operation. Microsoft has come up with a way to lift that data directly from the discrete GPU of a laptop and get it directly on the screen without a double copy. Without any additional hardware. You can do this on existing hardware. no additional hardware. That's very interesting. That's what they're saying. Mm -hmm. That's cool. It says uh, NVIDIA has confirmed... They did not describe this, how it's done. NVIDIA has confirmed that Queso will work with all GeForce GPUs currently using driver version R515 or newer. 
Intel GPUs require XE graphics on Intel 11th Gen Core Series or newer, and WDDM driver yeah. model 3.0 or newer. AMD Radeon 6000 GPUs or newer will support this technology with WDDM driver 3.1 or newer. So yeah, existing stuff that's out there. 16%? Mm-hmm. This could and 27% lower latency. That's not chips. This could that's, be the biggest story of the that's year. That's a nice meal. It'd be great, especially if it works well. Let's see uh, if it works. Good, good job, Microsoft. I, it makes me want to use a gaming laptop. If I, mm. uh, you should try this and go back and forth between Windows 10 and Windows 11 on the same laptop. If you can get one that supports both, I, I don't hate see if myself you can measure that much. This. Boot it up to Windows <laughs> 10, then boot it up to Windows 11. I I, hey, I was just trying to think about how would you prove this works, and then emulate Windows 98 SE in it and see if it works. You know what? That's a Sebastian thing. He can do that on his own time. Yeah, that, you know, know what? They they should totally go back to 3D FX model with Voodoo graphics, where you hear an audible click that it goes back and forth. Next news story: Google Bard's voyeurism expands to all of your Google apps. That's disturbing. What about in schools? Well, no, I schools mean, everywhere use got Google. A bunch of friends. Classroom. Okay. And it's really hard to plan when you're all going to be able to meet up. <laughs> you can give Google Bard access to all of your Google apps, including the calendar, and then share that access with your friends. So Google Bard can tell you when the next time the best time to meet up is based on everyone's calendar. Uh, it will fix the amazingly horrifically bad online version of the Google search. You're trying to find something in your Google Docs, and that search is awful. It, it won't find anything except stuff you don't want. So you let Bard read all of the contents of your Google Drive, and it will make that search experience much better. And Google promises they will not provide any of the data they've scraped to advertisers or third parties. Didn't mention about using it themselves. And I mean, seeing as how it is the 25th anniversary of them, and they, they're sort of pushing that a lot, the fact that at some point, one of their driving phrases when they first started out, someone was have, wanted to have a donut sale, and so they stole the don't off of the, the logo to go and put it up with their U so they could say donuts, and now it just says be evil, is a bit of a problem. The, the, the trust chain here is, is not good, Google. So the fact that you have opted in everyone to have this extension enabled. By the way, it, it's enabled for you. You don't know this, but it is. You have to go in and manually turn this off. And I did a little bit of digging tonight. I didn't have much time, busy day, uh, and I couldn't find it. It's in there somewhere, but you can now turn off bards scraping everything from your Google apps. And it was a fairly short uh, story that I read, so I don't know whether or not this applies to the enterprise version or not. And I think Google was being a little bit cagey about that as well, because they're like, hey, it'll make your searches better. Because there are a lot of companies out there that use Google Apps and will install the desktop version of it, who may now have Bard snooping through everything. And we're not even at Security Corner yet. It felt like a security corner story, but we're not there yet. You're right. Because we haven't. No, it gets much worse. We haven't overreacted to Wi-Fi 7 this week yet. As you know, Wi-Fi 6, 6E, these mature standards that are in wide use everywhere. with pe- Everybody's on fiber. We clearly need more and more and more wireless bandwidth. And mm-hmm. uh, that's not sarcasm at all. And Amazon's Eero Max 7 mesh router will give you the Wi-Fi 7 you need for just $600. Now, this will allow you to download 4K movies, presumably from their service, for in just 10 seconds. But it'll be a few years before you can truly take advantage of those speeds, says Wired Magazine here. Yeah, where uh, are you going to get 10 gigabit to your house is what I wanted to know. But yeah. In theory, it's, I mean, it's possible. So why not buy the hardware now? You need to be ready for it. Why not buy the hardware now that will be obsolete by the time this standard is actually in wide use? And it won't even be this standard. It'll have shifted. Probably exactly. this is a... It'll be something else. Yeah. This Wi-Fi 7 a, is a weird because percentage. it's not... Okay. Wi-Fi 6 is 6 gigahertz. Yes. That's, that's where the 6 comes from. Ooh. Wi-Fi no, 7? because Wi-Fi 5 was before. 
Wi-Fi seven that made sense. is six gigahertz also, but except wider. It's using more channels at the same time. So there's more and potential. It's, it's for, happy to wear the same channel as some other signal was wearing. That's the thing. It's, at least at least this device actually comes equipped with a 10 gigabit port. I think a couple of them actually. Does it? So I guess it would have to. There's the point otherwise. Their heart is in the right two place. Two tens and two two and a halves. That's correct. Two tens and two two and a halves. Let's pause here for a word from this week's podcast sponsor. How would you like to get farm fresh pre-portioned ingredients delivered right to your home, specially dialed in with seasonal recipes? Well, we've been raving about all that and more with our recent experience with HelloFresh. They're going the extra mile to make home cooking easy, fun, and affordable. So why not kickstart your busy fall routines with HelloFresh too? Let HelloFresh handle the meal planning and grocery getting on your behalf, essentially letting them do the hard parts and you get to take the credit later. With today's super busy schedules in mind, HelloFresh has 15 minute meals that let you serve up a home-cooked dinner in less time than it takes to get takeout or delivery. Bam! But HelloFresh has even more. You can stock up on easy breakfasts or quick lunch options in addition to their 40 weekly recipes and over 100 add-on items to choose from each week. Seriously, HelloFresh makes meal planning a snap, which is one of the reasons we've been enjoying it so much. So get HelloFresh and go to HelloFresh.com slash 50PCPer and use code 50PCPer for 50% off plus 15% off for the next two months. Get started with your sampling of America's number one meal kit and go to HelloFresh.com slash 50PCPer and use code 50PCPer for 50% off plus 15% off the next two months. We are back and it is time for Security Corner. And our first story is appropriately from bleeping computer. Trend Micro fixes endpoint protection zero day used in attacks. I find these particular ones of uh, interest. It, they're noteworthy because this is a device called the Apex One, and it's been around since 2019 or so. This is a a zero day vulnerability in an endpoint security solution, and I just think there's such a sort of a delicious irony to this sort of thing that there's a a zero day vulnerability in an endpoint security solution. Now, in all fairness, this is not actually, I mean, it is Trend Micro's device, so they're ultimately responsible, but it was with a third-party uninstaller package where That's the, the part um, that gets me, an uninstaller package? Yeah, kind of strange. I don't, Jeremy, I don't know if you want to go on with this one, but that was kind oh, of no, what I wanted going. to I say. Just, I read that and I was like, Particularly wait, ironic. How does, how does that even make sense? You, you've, you've paid for this. It is a very it's a security appliance that you want to be secure and you are randomly using a third party uninstaller module that came with, <clears throat> what is it? Software bundled with it. That's a or good you question. Have to go it, and download? it just seems like that as a vendor of a security uh, product that you would really heavily vet or block out anything that you couldn't fully kind of peek inside of and make sure that was going to be very secure. You know, one wonders. Now, I do have to admit, you have to have the uh, administration, a previous administrative access to the uh, device in order to um, sort of wedge this uh, from the outside. So it is of, of limited usefulness if you don't already have these credentials. But there are disgruntled employees out there. So, you know, mm -hmm. the potential for business risk is potentially high if you're using one of these devices. And this, again, is the, um, I think it's the Apex One circa 2019 era. But yeah, yeah. patch that thing or get rid of it. And one of the two. Apparently worry-free business security. <laughs> is that literally what they uh, what their tagline was uh, for that, that one? That was, uh, yeah, that was how it was sold. Oh. It was worry-free business security. Mm, that gets and me also known as Virus Buster Business Security in Japan. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, so this is a worldwide product. It's not just US, it's worldwide. Yeah. So how do you know that this product program's been installed? Oh, we just dumped this little file on so that it knows that it's been uninstalled. Hmm. Okay, that sounds good. Wait, what is that file you dump? Oh, well, it's a Trojan. You know, don't worry about it. It's fine. <laughs> I'm just laughing because this next one, which I missed, I did not see this until now. Thank you, Brett. This is horrific. This is... Smegging horrific. Sebastian, if you want to intro this one. 
Well, this is from Ars Technica. GPUs from all major suppliers are vulnerable to new pixel-stealing attack. Interesting. Currently, this is a proof of concept done by an investigative uh, company of fairly smart, hacky type people. On not on the uh, you know on the bad side of the log yet, but this is again a proof of concept. And what this is is they have uh, reverse engineered. They have more proof the, that iframes suck. <laughs> what they have done uh, with a web interface and 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 an iframe and the SVG, which is uh, structured vector graphics protocol, is to figure Roman out Craig. how a a rendered. Uh, image inside this iframe um, and how it is retrieved and stored from a particular vendor's GPU, what algorithm they're using to do that. And based upon the reverse engineered storage compression algorithm that they're watching this traffic going back and forth between memory and the display, the GPU memory and the display, knowing the reverse engineering, the compression, every character every pixel element has a uh, a known end value if they know the algorithm so once they know the algorithm of compression they can reverse it so they're looking at the compression and saying ah we think we know this pixel whether it was on or not and this demonstration shows an image of some text on the screen this could be your password this could be uh, your login ID. It could be a variety of information that you're typing in any form field that they can spy upon and regenerate based upon the in, an encompassing iframe in the browser. Again, this is proof of concept, but very interesting and in what they would definitely refer to as a side channel attack. Yes. Of which <clears throat> I, I don't think the GPU companies have any idea how to properly implement uh, something to stop it, at least as of yet. It's going to take a bunch of research to try and figure out oh, wait, we're just sort of leaking this stuff to the side channel because it's super easy and it makes things go faster. And are we going to have, you know, Spectre and Meltdown equivalent on a GPU of, yeah, we can make it secure. It, You're going yeah, to lose it is 10 that to 15% of your performance, maybe 20. It, yeah. It's similar in nature in regard that it's a it kind of a side channel attack on the, on the mechanism of how it's actually executing the data it needs to work on. Uh, it's not a fault of the particular vendor. It, it's, and it, it is cross vendor. It's with NVIDIA. It's with AMD. It's all it's vendors. Apple. It's, I guess there's like, they list six vendors. There's a couple of other ones in there for mobile devices. Yeah. But the, the point is, it's just a byproduct of the, the fact that um, they're using a compression algorithm to store the pixels and retrieve them. And because it's algorithmic, they can look at the algorithm and say that particular pixel was either on or the series of pixels was on or off based upon the compression that they're, they're seeing. It's a sort of a very interesting side channel attack. No proof, no, no legitimate um, harm is being done yet. Again, this is a proof of concept. So the headlines that are screaming GPUs hacked are wrong at the moment. Next, uh, Security Week has a story on Firefox 118, which patches high severity vulnerabilities. What are yep. these all about? Um, these well, are. The good news is one only crashes you. <laughs> the other right one now, is they're, exploitable. They're vulnerabilities. They're vulnerabilities. So they are they are in memory um, issues where there's like double freeze or multiple nulls or the ability to overwrite. Again, these are vulnerabilities. So they aren't actually exploited, but they're potentially exploitable because of the memory corruption and crashes that this um, situation does induce. So this is a patch. A, Get out there, patch Firefox, make sure you're at your latest. And for all of them, again, this is just a vulnerability, but it's Firefox's turn to, to get patched. You know, no one is no one is immune. Let us move to gaming quick hits. And we begin with a story. Microsoft leaks Dishonored 3 Remastered, Fallout 3, and Elder Scrolls 4 Oblivion. That's a semicolon. <laughs> it leaks Dishonored 3. Remastered Fallout and Elder Scrolls 4. Dishonored 3 has not been released, but maybe. Okay. Because this all came out from FTC versus Microsoft. This is actually a document from 2020. Uh, because our, our uh, the original, the Oblivion remaster should have been out last year. 
it wasn't perhaps for obvious reasons. Uh, on the other hand, it's, you know, Fallout 3 remaster. Okay. Interesting. Dishonored. Hey, I enjoyed that series. That was entertaining. And we never really knew if Bethesda was going to do a third one or not. But I mean, now that Microsoft can just sort of throw money at it, it sounds like, yes, we are getting one. The original was 2024. Uh, it's still possible. Same with the Fallout 3 remaster. But we'll see. I mean, it, it could be delayed when we're, we're starting to head towards the uh, season where all of the shows happen. The gaming and the technology shows. So pretty much if you see a trailer for it, it's going to happen. If you see nothing from Microsoft, well, there's a good chance that nothing ain't going to happen. Uh, Rock, Paper, Scissors, actually, the, the, the entire list has about eight different games, one of which has already been released, several of which are definitely in development. So there's a good chance. I mean, okay, so Oblivion here's, certainly here's not... the deal. Here's the yeah. deal. <clears throat> uh, how many actually have finished Oblivion? I, I did. I did. I, it I yeah, well, I don't care. But um, yeah. <clears throat> It's one thing that I've always wanted to finish. And now, you know, the, the graphics look just so dated and it's clunky. Just remaster it like everything else. And and well, Josh, and recycle, reuse. It's it's, it's gonna cheaper. be clunky. But yeah, it'll look well, better. You're probably right. I'm just fooling myself. We do moral wind. We're so fickle as a society lost. now. We look at an aging game and we just say this is unacceptable. I can't. My eyes mm. cannot be subjected to these graphics from 2000 whatever. But mm -hmm. what about people? People age and they don't look as pretty as they did when they were young. And you're telling everybody that they and have to get cosmetic well. surgery because well, that's that's why out I'm of getting date a now. divorce. Okay, you just upgrade All right. to a younger model. All right, All right. well, right. divorce. Okay, well, we're not <clears> advocating. version. That's you know we have to just cut that out. It's, it's let's, too let's talk about what you're. We don't want to be demonetized because we're too depressing and people. Mm. Yeah, there's the scissors again. I think that's what people like now. Next up in gaming quick hit Cyberpunk 2077's 2.0 update. Added a hidden Doom clone filled with secrets. Don't you remember, you know, when you try and check out exactly everything that's in a game, and so you'd like find a random mattress and you'd stand on it for a very specific amount of time and it would unlock this thing, and then you could go and do something else, and then that would unlock another thing that you could do. Well, this is. And at the end of the what, level, the they would tell you how many secrets you found. Yes. But yeah, that's that very Steam-like. Secret, very very Steam, very, very id-like. Yeah. Okay. Or Josh, come on, it said ninety-nine percent, and you were just like, yeah, but I did everything. I clicked on every wall. Yeah, but you didn't stand in this one particular spot for eighteen seconds, and then turn around and run the other way. <laughs> yeah, you had to be crouching, stand in one right. spot and crouch. Jeremy, it's stand on a mattress for two hundred and seven seconds. You know that. Yes, but in this particular case, it is. Uh, for a, a cutscene in a special vehicle. But the other thing is that there's a little note in the middle of nowhere that gives you a little uh, Easter egg to say that you should run somewhere else in Night City, and you run into an arcade machine, which is uh, running sort of a 90s, it's running Doom, except you're Johnny Silverhand taking over Arasaka Tower, and it gets even better because apparently in the 120 floors that you have to go through to win the game. Uh, there is a part where if you go to a certain port on a certain part of the 52nd floor and wait for a long time and then run back down to the 10th floor, you can then get QR codes to scan. And then using the Reed Solomon error correction, Wait, wasn't that uh, the name of one of the characters in uh, Solomon Reed? Cyberpunk? Indeed. Yeah, weird, huh? And it's and, and it's pieces. You don't even get the whole code. You get six. No, pieces because you've got to do the, the correction. That's correct. And so you run into an unwinnable game of X's and O's, uh, which as soon as you lose, says the quote, you know it's going to say from War Games. 
the only winning move is not to play. Is not to play. Is not to play. So they've thrown a whole bunch of Easter eggs, apparently, in this upgrade, which is just kind of fun. I like yeah. to see it. <laughs> Someone in it's the, it out. Yeah. it's the Cyberpunk 2077 playing, uh, Swan song, so. Yeah. Well, the yeah, engine's I've been dead. playing it uh, quite a bit in the spare time I've had over the last uh, week or so. Um, first with just the patch, uh, and then I started a completely new campaign uh, once the uh, Phantom Liberty DLC dropped. So I've not gotten to any of the new uh, content you from that yet. Dog but, but I, you know, it's kind of funny. I'm. <laughs> I'm really a story a story based game player. I, I enjoyed like The Witcher Three series. I enjoyed the that game because of the story in it, and I found myself really enjoying Cyberpunk for the same reason. Um, you know, it's a very story rich game. A lot of people didn't like the story. I I personally enjoyed it. Thought it was a well told story, um, and I'm enjoying getting back to it again after being away from it for some time. Uh, seeing maybe some new things here and there that I actually didn't notice the first couple of times through. Mm-hmm. Um, I have noticed one odd thing that I'm finding different from a lot of the reviewers. I am finding that I prefer it without uh, ray reconstruction or fully path tra- fully path traced rays, um, and Why? just using the original. What one thing I noticed has to do with facial textures and hair. Hmm. Um, I I was noticing that all the if you were turning on DLSS new features with the the ray reconstruction and the fully path trace lighting, it was almost like to uh, to give the graphics cards a little extra headroom. They really turned the detail down on hair oh. and facial textures oh. and like beards. And of course, as uh, uh, Johnny Silverhand has a beard and is in a lot of the game cinematics, yeah. it's very, it was very obvious to me. Um, Are so we talking like I went the back level to... faces. The old no, botulism no. look. Okay, no, good. no. Uh, I was just like, so when I first uh, reinstalled it and lo- uploaded the patch and I turned all these new features on and I was looking at it and I was going, God, I really remember this game. The face is looking better than this. Um, and actually last night I was playing. And so I was like, let me look at this with some of the old settings. And so I, Turned off, you know, some of the, uh, the the DLSS settings. I actually I was able to still leave uh, frame generation on, but have DLSS turned completely off, um, and just use the original uh, ray tracing settings, not enabling the fully path traced or the ray reconstruction. Still have plenty of performance, and it looked better. It looked like well, I remembered. You're- Somehow you were managing to squeeze that all onto your water-cooled 4090, right? Yeah. Gosh. Somehow. I think think you have more options than most people. Yeah, that's kind of where I was going. Power. But, you know, the thing is, I I mean, uh, this is going to sound terrible, but, uh, you know, I was able to play it at these settings with a 3090 as well. Oh, okay. Well, Hmm. uh, so Mm -hmm. some of us are still Hmm. slumming on GPUs. not even a 3090 probably TI. below the okay. 3090 level yeah but i'm just saying i'm just saying i found it looked better with the old settings <clears throat> um specifically the facial textures the terrain i will be on the terrain did look better but you know if i'm talking to someone in real life i'm been, I think there's just yeah, some I, bias I, I, here because as a bearded individual, Kent is just like, well, the beard detail in the character models is not as good in this path race iteration. I see myself in Johnny Silverhead. I think so. he probably uh, <laughs> maybe even modeled himself. Did we really know him before Cyberpunk was announced? Mm. Yes. Before it was yes. announced? Oh, announced? Oh, I no, think we not talked... before it was announced. No, you no. could have been cu- carefully cultivating your entire persona that we know now based on <laughs> Cyberpunk yeah. for the last decade. Yeah. 
Let's let's move to the next story. Uh, Unity. Really? We talked about Unity before. Last They've week. apologized. Mia Imagine Copa, that. Sorry. You, you do something really dumb. Everybody hates it. Everybody complains about it. It doesn't matter what kind of a front you put up. You're going to have to backpedal. So why do it to begin with? Just to foster ill will? I don't understand. Uh, to lose about 8% of your share value? I guess. Um, that's what really happens. Yeah, you start yeah to lose. which is true. That's value, why they, and they have to backpedal. So Unity, this is a story at the register. Unity apologizes, tweaks runtime install fees after gaming world outrage. Basically, they're allowing everything that, that's out there today. Anybody that has a license for today's latest up back to like their 2019 a game engine. Yeah. Their uh, agreement remains the same. And that's where a lot of the rage came from is because a lot of the developers got into the Unity engine because their agreement was, we're not going to change things. We're not going to charge you. Like essentially they just announced that they were. Wink, um, wink, nudge, nudge. Yeah, wink, wink, nudge, nudge, unfortunately. So they part of the backpedaling was just to say, what you're doing today the way that we're going to arrange it doesn't disturb what's happening with you today, but moving forward on a particular engine that might start in 2024 ish timeframe, if you're on a particular license and they, they sort of played around with some of the dollar figures about how many installs and how uh, much revenue that you're getting. I think it's like a million installs, million dollar revenue, something like that. Don't quote me exactly on those numbers. Um, never and it's over core problem. Not exactly yet, um, but they're they're zeroing in more probably where they w- should be, I guess, if they need to make some more money off of this. And it's a it's a point going forward, and um, and it's only for certain enterprise uh, and agreements. And they've they sort of raised the ceiling on some of their smaller um, boutique in installations and uh, install in- installs that won't reach those particular levels, and keeping those at the yeah. the current rate. E- either way, they they really shot, at, shot at 20- themselves. Is a huge jump from what they were going to. Was it twenty was it cents for in- install is the maximum? Was the, it double that, that before? It was like it was almost like forty fifty cents per. <clears throat> okay. Yeah, so they backpedaled on that too. But the thing is that they haven't quite realized that everyone is using Unity because it'd be a pain in the ass to shift to a different engine. If you're telling them in the next year or two, this is what your license agreement is going to be. They're going to switch to Unreal. They're going to switch to another engine. And we'll see Unity backtracking even further because they were the cheapest to develop on. It was a solid engine, uh, although a couple of developers did go through a thing where Unity went from, was it Unity Engine 4 to 5? Where it it broke a bunch of stuff. And so a, a bunch of projects had to restart again from scratch. But hey... We're sticking with Unity because it works. It does great top-down, does decent front first-person shooter, and it's cheap as chips, and we're a small development company. We're not making billions of dollars. We're not id. We're, we're not Bethesda. We're not, well, wait, there is no Bethesda anymore. It's Microsoft. Uh, but we're not a giant developer company. We just want to make a game. We want to make a mobile game. And a lot right. of Unity is mobile games. And they're making not much. I mean, they're making enough to live on. They're not starving to death but all of a sudden for their bread and butter engine to say that no uh we want a huge chunk of your income and them saying yeah that's not really possible for us it, let's go to one that you know you got to bring a million bucks before they really charge you any serious money and so they backed off and they said nope sorry you know we misjudged and uh you know the upper levels up there you don't tell them but yeah they're idiots saying that, you know, within a couple of years, we are going to put this in means that there's going to be a huge migration from Unity for now. We'll see. And again, as we mentioned with uh, Trend Micro, I mean, once you break the trust, it's hard to get it back. Yeah, this they're going to suffer from this for a while. Look for more yeah. mentions of uh, open source engines like Godot. I think that's how you oh, pronounce yeah. it, or is it, maybe, or is it Godot? It's or waiting for could be French. Godot. But there was uh, a couple of developers who took uh, a week to port a game really poking Unity in the eye uh, on it. And they developed a game. It's on Steam. I'll have to go get the name of it. But it's a, it's a way well, to, so to reinstall, yeah. reinstall, reinstall. It's like a click game of, of, uh, of Unity. Inst- they 
change the names for to protect the guilty. But anyway, uh, go uh, Godot or, or you know, Godot if you yes, uh, ang- anglicize it. But yeah, look for more mentions of that. I think you'll be seeing that in the future. Unencumbered open Godot. source engine. Or you won't hear anything from Unity ever again. No. <laughs> Still wait for Godot. We're going to move to picks of the week. And we have an unprecedented occurrence here. We have a a consensus pick of the week. Both Josh and Brett have picked the same thing independently of one another. We essentially talk about thing. it. No, nope. they haven't spoken at all before this not, moment. Not, except not for the previous hour and a half that we've been streaming. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that doesn't matter. But Josh, uh, please, okay. your take. So here it is. You know what? I, I, I've got new fiber internet, and I'm looking. I'm looking. I'm looking. I'm looking. I've got two computers with 2.5 gig Ethernet. And I think, you know, it's $10 more for two gig fiber. But I only have one gig network. So let me check out what the cheapest Ethernet switch that supports 2.5 gigabit. And I found Nick. <laughs> Wait, you, you picked the Ethernet. Couldn't do it. Okay. Oh, this is actually different. Oh my god. His link was his link was different, but this okay. is mine. The the brand name is spelled N I C G I G A. So I assume it's Nick Giga. Like network. Yeah. There interface interface connection. Connection there are control. way yeah. too Gigabyte. many N's and I's and G's and A's in this brand name. It's very uncomfortable. You know but what? That's what they call themselves, and it's on sure Amazon.com. Well, anyway, in general, uh, 2.5 gigabit switches are getting cheaper and cheaper. Uh, there are these, oh, look at this, eight-port unmanaged desktop Ethernet switch. Uh, I don't There's even know one. what brand this is. There's no apparent brand. I, I know what brand it is. Oh, I know what is. I think it's been debranded. It's the same brand. It's debranded. It's the same brand. The Trendnet one is actually the only name, the one you just passed. Now, if you scroll up a little bit. There you wait, go. Wait, it's, that silver it's, one there right are. there is that silver one right this there one? is the same. Yes, Soul Data. Okay, so like oh, yeah. Soul Data. Soul Dola. Soul Dola. Okay, Sorry. right. And it's the same Sorry. 10% off coupon. Okay, we'll just insert this over the other one. We're talking about it. Wow, a what a deal on a Sodola 8-port Ethernet switch. <laughs> With 10 gigabit backhaul. That's right, Josh, backhaul. Okay, all right. Uh, Jeremy, save us. What's your uh, pick this week? I picked a 2.5 gigabit switch. Called, no, uh... no. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, in Canada, storage prices are a little different. It's frustrating, but right now uh, there is some nice sales on a uh, website that we might have maligned a little bit earlier, but it has still some certain uses. And getting 10 cents a gig on decent NVMe storage in Canada is not easy. So 50% off the uh, Western Digital Black SN850X is pretty damn cool. And the entire line is, so if you can't quite afford that, their uh, one terabyte is just slightly over 109. And even their four terabyte, if you want to go crazy, is only 425. So that's uh, for up here. Pretty damn good deal. And we like cheap storage and we cannot lie. It's a thing. Just every week, someone has to pick a cheap SSD. Apparently, it's a rule now. It's mandatory. Like mandatory ARC um, coverage, mandatory SSD pick of the week. True. And those SN850Xs are good drives. And this yeah, one even has are. a heat sink. Two terabytes yeah. with that, heat sink. That has its pluses and minuses. So many motherboards come with an integrated heat sink that you got to break that <laughs> yeah, off. So not your PlayStation 5 doesn't. So oh, granted. No. True. Okay, you're right. It's console true, ready. True. Yep. All right. Uh, Kent, do you have a uh, pick this week? Save us, Kent. 
I do have a pick this week, and um, I'm trying to save people from the mistake of buying Bluetooth speakers and soundbars for their new apartments and homes when you can spend maybe just a little more, maybe around the same amount, for something that will connect to just about any of your devices and give you fantastic sound. These are the Klipsch. Rotors? The Fives, which is a very strange name. Uh, These are a fully powered uh, set of stereo speakers, four and a half inch long throw woofers, uh, one inch titanium tweeters, um, they will connect to Bluetooth. They will connect optically to your television. Uh, you can connect to them via RCA if you really want to. You can even send RCA out from them to your record player or whatever. They will connect to a sub. Um, we actually got a set of these for an office at my job, and I... I set them up yesterday and they sound fan freaking tastic. Um, connecting even over Bluetooth. Can, better. What's that? They fill the room the same way a Bose will, but they do it better. Oh, yes. And they do fill the room. Uh, the, they uh, have an actually just a, a an amazing amount of sound coming from them. I was actually impressed with how much bass they can produce. Um, and they're they're going to be the same, like in the back corner of the room versus right in front of them. The volume almost maintains the same level. And so does everything. So you're not deafening yourself if you're right in front of them. And if you're off in the corner somewhere, they fill them. No, Klipsch is one of my go-tos. I just don't have any right now. Oh yeah. And uh, at three ninety nine for the pair, uh, it's a fantastic deal. And like I said, don't buy a sound bar, don't buy a Bluetooth speaker. Get these. All right, my pick this week is uh, a retro pick. Nothing. We're talking about retro looking speakers. Well, this is a uh, kind of a weird little motherboard here. At first glance, it looks like any uh, micro ATX board. It's 9.6 inches square. This is a slot one board. This is for Pentium 2 and Celeron processors. But what's interesting about this board, it's actually an Intel board, not not a uh, what, not some third what, what party. What are those SD RAM chips being on there? Exactly. That's yeah. what's interesting about what this. What is that about? This is like the Intel RC440BX motherboard. And... Uh, if you go to the retro web as one does you'll see that there's uh quite a bit of interesting uh components uh going on here but i will go just to the uh intel manual Rochester. to show you what i'm talking about bit mm, okay <clears throat> looking at the technical product specification from intel for the rc 440bx Ooh, you can see that it's it a has Reba 128 yes onboard nvidia Whoa. graphics with eight megabytes of dedicated sd ram you have onboard audio. Now, it says here AC97 Crystal CS4297 uh, codec, but it's Sound Blaster branded. So if you were actually to, to look at this, it is a... It, it's Pentium. an Insonic. Yeah, it's, it's an Insonic pe- PCI. Yeah, it's yeah, Insonic. Pentium 2 board with built-in NVIDIA graphics and an Insonic, well, creative branded Insonic audio chip. I don't know if you can... Uh, see Aww. that but it says yeah it's all the beautiful things well, i can see it because i know what it said yeah i could probably actually wow. switch the camera but i don't know if the uh viewers will be able to, see, be able to see that there you go yes 1373 mm-hmm. yep. yep see it and then under this uh heat sink here is the uh video reva 128 NVIDIA. graphics there's the dedicated memory yep. so an interesting board which i plan on uh covering soon it was one of those late yeah. night eBay finds. I was just like, "What the That's heck beautiful. is this? A Pentium Does two it power board? up? Does it yeah. power up? I don't know." Okay, but at first glance, looking at the rear I/O configuration, I thought this Ooh. is like some kind there of like HP board or something. Oh, DVI, VGA. So you don't well, often it's, see it's the audio. It's the, the audio, audio combo. Yes, yeah. that's it. That, oh, yeah. That looks- 
I've seen this that on Pavilion motherboards from Asus, uh. but this one was apparently a gateway uh, board. So it was in certain gateway systems. Sebastian, are you going to live stream the setup and attempt to boot that motherboard? Yeah, I mean, I I tried doing this before with a couple of socket A's, and it was a horrible disaster. But yeah, yeah I'll do it again. That Don't one's going to be really time. easy too, because it's just it's twenty pin ATX. It's a modern enough board that I mean, you have your option of doing Windows XP or Windows ninety eight build on it. So. I saw USB A on it, so you're pretty close. Yeah, it's got to USB one, possibly one point one. I don't know. I guess I could look at this uh, spec. Well, sheet. and it's got both mouse and keyboard, not the it's combo. Vital. Yes, you it's need some both. Cheap. Back in this era, you always had. Oh, it has a SCSI LED connector on it. <laughs> Why? I don't know. <laughs> Why so would it was, do I that? just found this kind of interesting because the Pentium 2 launched uh, with AGP. That was the whole no, thing. No, no. Didn't? Wait. I thought, I thought no, Pentium I 2 not. slot 1 launched with AGP. No. Launched with the 440FX chipset, which was PCI yep. only. And oh, okay. uh, EDOS. Uh, it wasn't SD RAM. It was the previous. Yeah, um, it was. Uh, yeah, I can't remember the stinking chip name. But no, 440LX was launched five months after. And that had AGP. Yeah. It had AGP and SD RAM. So somewhere and ATA 33. And the best implementation of AGP because it didn't mm-hmm. work great. Yeah. Well, no, the Intel AGP actually worked well. It was everybody else's that sucked. Yeah. Yeah. If you delve into the history of the Intel 740, which of course Intel launches their own graphics along with AGP. And some of us lived through it. They had acquired a company from Lockheed Martin. Starfighter. Uh, and that's Starfighter. what became 740. Real 3D. They got real 3D. Because they no, bought... real 3D was a different company. They bought chips and technologies in 1997. In May 1997, real 3D, partnership oh, no, with Intel, yeah, and chips it. and technologies to introduce similar technology as an add-in board for PCs. A yeah, and then Sega Auburn. jumped on that. And they were going to implement it with Sega's, uh, I don't know, well, I guess Sega Model 2 and Model 3 arcade systems. Okay. So not the not the consoles in home, but yeah, Sega arcade no. machines. Okay. I uh, I have two Intel 740 boards, and I can't get them to work properly. I didn't, I didn't have the right uh, settings in the motherboard, possibly not compatible chipsets. They're not the most fun retro hardware to play with. All right, well, uh, I think that'll do it. I think that's uh, the end of another exciting installment of the PC Perspective podcast. Please join us again next week if we're still here and uh, mm. podcasting. Not we'll canceled. do it. We'll do it again. Yep. So what to take away from this week is upgrade your home networking socially responsibly. Don't buy a sound bar. We're very biased because of Ryan, so we'll know what we follow next week when he tells us. And other than that, (laughs) thanks for watching. Thanks for supporting us. Have a good week, and we'll hopefully see you next week.